A mass serial killer turns a horror-themed amusement park into his own personal playground, terrorizing a group of friends while the rest of the patrons believe that it's all part of the show. So pay for your ticket, we've got a virgin to sacrifice. You're going to to a new episode of slashers and screamers we are a slasher sports production i am one of your many 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 co-hosts billy graves and i want to go ahead and introduce my other co-host first of all he needs no introduction what he needs is a conclusion he is the godfather of droll james what'd you say is that me my bad bill i quit things going over here they drive a real man insane. Well, just what in the hell do you mean by that? Trying to figure you, uh... out what's for supper. <laughs> okay, okay. Did, well, you, did you introduce me? I introduced you. Your your name oh. is James. Really? Uh, you yeah. me up? I'm here, Bill. Okay, well, welcome. Taco. Taco Bell or the good shit? Taco Bell. You rat bastard. All right, he's been voted one of the finest minds in Tennessee, which is a lot like saying, you know, he's one of the ten best dressed in Russia. He is the Memphis Menace. Rick! What's up, man? Oh, you puny-faced little fuck. I don't even think I'm the best dressed in Russia, honestly. Well, you could have been the, you know, top ten. True, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, Russian models are just otherworldly. You ever seen them? They are. I'm talking ice cold, man. Yeah. I can't name any of them, but they're all hammers. Are we recording? We're recording, James. And our final co-host reminds (laughs) us all that the best things in life are free, which explains why we have ads on this show. She is final girl, Casey. I love a deal. Casey, just listen. Get me out of this mess. I went and picked up a free donkey this weekend, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Real talk, James. No cap. Uh, What? For real? Yeah. I sent you a picture of it. That was yours? I thought you just sent me like a Google image. I only going to send you just an anonymous donkey. James, don't (laughs) act like you haven't sent me the most random shit every day that we have owned this type of technology. An anonymous doggy. <laughs> An anonymous. Well, no, this one isn't anonymous. His name's Ralph. His name's Cookie. Her name's Cookie. Okay. And and what are you going to do with this donkey, James? I'm going to ride it to your house, Bill. <laughs> I'm going to load it up with supplies and go hunting for Bigfoot. 
Well, you know what, guys? Real talk. This is, um, you know, this is hillbilly Billy talking right here. Um, a donkey is like the literal best guardian for your livestock that you'll ever find. Better than any sheepdog, better than any pack of German shepherds. A donkey will fuck up literally any predator that comes onto your farm. Hey, you gonna have a donkey and bee farm. Bee donkey farm. Bee donkey dog farm. <laughs> Can we just start this whole thing over, please? <laughs> no. The bee donkey donk farm. <laughs> well, guys, we uh, specializing you know, in honey and sweet ass. <laughs> honey and sweet ass. And I'm the owner, James yeah. Brown. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me let me get recentered here. <laughs> well, yeah, you okay, do so something. I have to, but just whatever gets us off of this. <laughs> the bee donkey donk farm and sweet ass honey and sweet ass guys. We had to well, make I a little also pivot. Told my daughter about this podcast. You know oh. she's a fan from the baseball days. Oh, poor girl. What's she got to say about it? I don't know. She says she's going to listen to it, but she hasn't told me anything yet. That, that means she's not going to listen, James. <laughs> You know what she ought to do? She ought to share it with all those friends of hers up in Kentucky. And uh, we get, we'll we be running two states deep, man. Only 48 to go. She probably will, Bill. She probably no, I will. Think, I don't think so. My kids don't even listen. Your your daughter's not going to listen. But you know it's what? We, stuff like this. Well, maybe. But, you know, so do mine. And, you know, here we are. I, I can't get them to do shit. But, guys, we had to do a... A little pivot, all right? We originally said that we were going to watch Beware Children at Play. I think I got the name right that time. Iconic movie for a couple of different reasons. One being so poorly made, so poor that it's awesome. But the end scene, I don't even want to spoil it. We're not going to cover it on this podcast. But I I say, hey, check out the parent's guide, which I, I hate that they call it that because... I'm a grown man, and I look for things on the parents' guide that I just don't want to see. But look on the parents' guide on IMDb for Beware Children at Play, and if it is something that you are cool with, go ahead and check it out. The The ending of this movie is ridiculously over the top. But our pivot, if you've got Netflix, you've got access to the movie Hellfest. Hellfest. How can we really describe this movie, guys? I mean, it's amusement park horror. It's a slasher film, right? I didn't know what was going on this whole entire time. James. Who was that man in that peanut head mask? Well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And why are there other peanut head masks? Okay, I've got the same question. Like, first of all. Where do you just find a peanut head mask? Well, he didn't work at this park. You know what? No, we're going to get into this later. We're going to get into this later. James, don't spoil anything. First, we got to get Rick's breakdown, man. I ain't spoiled nothing but his peanut head. Okay, well, maybe that was a pivotal part. uh, Old peanuts, Cajun style. You get in a gas station. Okay. Soggy peanut. Okay, yeah, so he had a soggy peanut mask. And uh, so, Rick, tell us about what it took to get this soggy peanut mask on film. Give us a breakdown. We also need to talk about He-Man, Bill, because that's a pretty good show. We're not going to talk about He-Man. We're not talking I about binge him, watched it on Saturday morning like a little kid eating cereal. James, you probably eat cereal, cereal anyway. 
and I sat down and watched He-Man for at least three hours. And we can't get him to watch any other goddamn movie we watch on this <laughs> podcast. But he's going to watch He-Man for three hours on a Saturday. Rick, give us the breakdown. All right. So into that segue, uh, we did uh, Hellfest. Um, it came out on September 28, 2018. Um, its budget was $5 million. It did the box office around $18.2 million. Hmm. Um, it was actually filmed in... Uh, Sorry, I had it here. Uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, and Six Flags White Water. I guess that's a water park there. Uh, February 18th, 2018 to April 13th, 2018. Um, it is obviously a slasher horror, uh, rated R. Uh, some of the people that are in it, or oh, yeah, sorry. The director is um, Gregory Plotkin. He's done the movie Get Out. He's done Happy Death Day. He's done Game Night. He's done over 50 films. He's done a lot of the films within the Paranormal Activity franchise. Um, some of the notable people in this are Tony Todd. He's been in the remake of Night of Living Dead. He played Ben. He was in Platoon. He played Candyman. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, some of the other actors and actresses, um, a lady named Amy Forsythe is her name. Um, she plays Natalie. Um, she was in kind of uh, TV stuff. Uh, Hulu series. Uh, she was in a sci-fi horror anthology called Channel Zero. Um, some cheap horror films, a Christmas horror story. Uh, we Summon the Darkness. So kind of just not well-known stuff. Uh, Reagan Edwards, who plays Brooke. Uh, she was in best known for her role in the soap opera The Bold and the Beautiful. That's literally what? all I could find. Yeah. Um, How do you get this girl with like such a horror resume? Not that any of it was through the roof, but I mean, she has a horror resume. And then you pull fucking the bold and the beautiful out of your ass. Yeah, that's bananas. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, uh, Bex Taylor Klaus is her name. She was Taylor Ann Smith in the film. Um, she was best known. I could find there's a drama series called The Killing, and she was in a superhero series called Arrow. Uh, she was on the horror series Scream, and she plays the voice of Katie Holt on the Netflix animated series Voltron Legacy Defender. Uh, and then that's pretty much it. All the other people, I couldn't really Voltron, find buddy. a lot of stuff they were in. So, Well, it's a nice little seg from He-Man to Voltron. James is awake. <laughs> so there you go. Well, well, what about those Rotten Tomatoes, Casey? What are the critics bitching about this week? Casey, you may be muted. You know what? I was. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> so, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes had 39% critics and 41% for viewer scores. Harsh. The, it is harsh, because I thought this movie was really fun. It was fun. Uh, the fresh review that I selected was Razor Sharp with a cast of characters so likable, you'll hope they all survive. Hellfest is a giddy and almost euphoric horror experience. So, I thought that was good. And then a rotten review stated, while overly simplistic, Hellfest does at least feature some nuances of female friendship. So Overly simplistic. Sounds so, so underhanded. But this movie was fun. And I will say, I don't remember this movie coming out in theaters because it looks, you know, straight up my alley. I feel like I would have seen this movie had I known about it. Agreed. I, yeah. I knew nothing about it. No. Until I saw it on Netflix. I literally thought this had to be a 2021 release because 
why have I not heard of it? I thought now, when I, we were doing this, I thought it was just like a Netflix film, like just on the streaming service. Right. I, yeah, I kind of thought that as well, because, I mean, it looks like something they would release. Uh, but no, uh, this thing's been out for a few years, uh, about three years almost. And it just went completely under my radar. Same. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't really frequent the movie theaters, maybe like I should. I mean, in this environment, maybe I'm, you know, better suited to not do that. But still... I feel like I would have known about it. James, did you already hear about this one? Yes, I did. You lying sack of shit, James. I knew you were going to say yes. Just to be it's different. you know radar for years. Three good to be exact. Good job. Okay, guys. Listen, you know how we came upon this movie. We said we were going to do one and then we did another. But in order to make that happen, we had to decide what we were going to do. And the way we decide what we're going to do is... We get down and dirty on Crack the Case. Now, Crack the Case is a party game for multiple people. We do modify the rules a little bit, but the the gist is I read a case. Our three investigators try to discover what happened in the case. And they can ask the moderator, moi, any question that would result in a yes or no question, or yes or no answer. Now, of course, James is going to complain later that there may be a yes and no or an irrelevant answer or a rephrase your question, but... This is basically like headbands, and we're going to get after it right now and decide what we are watching this week for next week's episode. So, best of luck to our investigators. The case is as follows. Pretty sure them rules have been tampered with (laughs) several times. James, these (laughs) rules have been the same since 1992. The name of this case is A Fast Kill. Swami Morishi was on a hunger strike. Until his follower, I knew it was coming, James. Couldn't get through the first sentence. You don't know any Swamis. Okay, Swami Morishi was on a hunger strike until his followers could raise $2 million to pay off the mortgage on their cult compound. Even into the third week of his fast, the Swami kept to his routine. He would meditate in the mornings, then meet privately with Michelle, his second-in-command, to work on any business. He would then teach in the afternoons and in the evenings tour the compound. One night, right after his tour of the kitchen, the Swami collapsed. Michelle was called from her cabin and rushed to the scene. By the time the ambulance arrived, the Swami was already dead. Michelle took over the cult leadership until a week later when she was arrested for attempted murder. The Swami had been poisoned with cyanide. How did Michelle poison a man who had sworn not to eat anything? Swami! Casey, let's start with you this week. This seems too easy. Did she put cyanide in a liquid that he consumed, like water? What the fuck? (laughs) Investigators must discover that instead of reviving the Swami, Michelle was killing him with poison-smelling salts containing cyanide. Fuck this shit. Smelling salts aren't water. Well, I mean, that's but that's what she used, though. She used cyanide. That was the key. You said cyanide, right? Yeah. Well, that's what she used. So you well, won. You said cyanide at the first of it. Damn, I was going to say, what is David Koresh? These rules have been tampered with along with these answers. Well, that was quick. You said cyanide. You read that in the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, but you... Okay, so what did what did Casey say? What was your what was your answer? Casey, Casey said that she gave him water with cyanide in it. Casey, what was your verbatim question? Um, 
let me think. I don't, I'm not going to be able to say it exactly over. I guess you could. I go need back you to say it exactly. You said this said, seems too obvious. Did she give him water? Did she give him water with cyanide in it? Because you already said cyanide. Yeah, I and said did like, she give it to him in a liquid he consumed? You're like, what the frick? Smelling salts? Well, well, yeah. When when she was get, pretending to give him the smelling salt, she put the water. Ain't no water and smelling salts. <sighs> She was pretending to give him smelling salts. Okay, here's the whole story. Driven by ambition, Michelle wanted to take over the cult. She knew that Rusty Marishi, otherwise known as the Swami, would sooner or later faint from hunger. When that finally happened, Michelle was ready. When she heard of his collapse, Michelle took a vial of liquid smelling salts and dropped Um. in a cyanide pellet. When she pretended to revive him, she was really sticking the vial under his nose and making him inhale the fatal liquid. Mm, yeah. What will we watch next week? <laughs> James, you sound so excited. Well, this James, you. you know what? You got no reason to be upset here because we made no wager that if you won this one, I get to be moderator forever, which is really what your end game is, you rat bastard. <laughs> yeah, it is. As long as I play this damn game to get well, the upper not... hand. But if you're going to yell out the answers after somebody says one question, we'll all <laughs> get a chance. Well, you know, t- tell me what I could have continued with, James. How could I have continued taking questions after that was said? Because as soon as somebody says, oh, this is what happens, James jumps in and says, well, hey, that's what was said from the beginning. So I can't really make you happy, can I, James? Well, you said that they used cyanide to kill him. Well, yes, but we're the operative part here how, was the liquid. We are supposed to figure out how they killed him if he couldn't eat anything. Right, and it was via the liquid. It's very vague. Okay, okay, so a very vague answer, but uh, tell me this. How could I have been exact? I want to know what the hints were. I can give you the hints right now. The first clue was the Swami followed a deadly routine. The second case, or the second clue is, in some cases, the cure is worse than the disease. Those are two shitty clues. Those are horrible clues. Yeah. They're always horrible clues. They're not always horrible clues, just because you don't get the double entendre. Last week, what? the clues were great, and we still fucking lost. That's true. That's true. Jane, well, you know, last week, though, James was like, oh, she got picked up by a tornado. When, you know, he, <laughs> he was on the right path, but he had the wrong character in the in the movie, in the book. And they cried foul over that, too. I didn't get a too. chance to use my steel trap as a mine this time, tonight. Yeah, it does take a minute to to warm that thing up, doesn't it? <laughs> well, Casey, I'm really happy for you to have gotten this one. Thank I'm dying you. to know which movie we're going to watch next week. Are you going to sit on it? Yes. You're going to sit on it, or are you going to tell us now? I, um, no. I can't hold on to it. I can't. I'm so excited. Um, we... Benjamin Button. I don't think that was really a harm. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be scared to have it happen to me. It was mostly sad. Um, we're going to be watching the 1976 version of Carrie next. Holy guacamole. So we're not going to be available. watching old Chloe Moretz, huh? No, not that one. You can watch it on Hulu uh, or Amazon Prime Video. Boom. 76 Carrie. Pretty excited about that one. That's been a... Me too. Yeah, that, that's that's a favorite, and I haven't seen that one as uh, recently as I've seen the Chloe Moretz version, which is kind of a crime. Now, I don't want to say anything bad about Chloe Moretz, because I thought she did a pretty good job there. Um, it, it was well Her done. Her and Julia Moore. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Julian Moore is always good, first of all. Forever and but, always. You know, but, you know, Chloe Moretz, being as young as she is, hasn't always... She's kind of been an over, you know, an over-actor at times. But in this one, I thought she uh, did pretty good. Maybe I was a little more, I don't know, drawn to this movie. Maybe I, I forgave a few things. But I liked, you know, the newer version. But the old version, there's nothing like it. Sissy Spacek is a goddess. I can already tell you right now, she's a fucking hammer. And... I'm looking forward to it. Really good pick, Casey. Thank you. It is based on my favorite book. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's based yeah. on a true story. We don't know. So what are we watching? Carrie. The Land Before Time. Part oh, two. I wish we were watching The Land Before Long Time. Page. What's that platypus's name? <laughs> Petrie. He's Petrie. He's a pterodactyl. He's not a platypus at all. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. All right. Well... Well, there we have it. Let's get into it. So, James, we're watching Carrie. We'll probably have to tandem watch that one so I can make sure you watch it. But, um, I mean, we can move on to Hellfest now. And I'm glad because... Casey, tell them where it's available at. I already did, ho. She definitely... (laughs) I'm not a girl. Anyone can be a ho, Rick. Listen, anyone at all. And it's on Hulu and Amazon Prime. (laughs) All right, I got it on DVD, so I'm good. Then what? Swear to God. Why did you have that rattle in your throat just now, Rick? Did you get scared? I was trying to be like, uh, somebody. Yeah, I know. I know. I got it can't on say Blu-ray. that. Though. You don't have carry on Blu-ray. I don't even own a Blu-ray, James. I got I think it on he VHS, <laughs> Now I believe that. I totally believe that. But guys, let's jump into Hellfest now. All right. This movie I thought was really fun because a apart apartments <laughs> amusement parks are such a good setting for a horror film. Are they not? I thought this movie was a fucking blast. I love amusement parks. I love any kind of theme ride, like anywhere you can go and there are rides, even those weird parking lot ones. I live for an amusement park. So I thought this movie, like just the concept when you announced it, was so excited. James, we haven't been to a an amusement park together have we yeah we're at the opera land okay so you just kind of dated that a little bit guys if you're not from around the tennessee area opry land has not been functional since the early 90s so that should put a timeline on the last time we went to 97 okay i was gonna say i was old enough to go there and ride stuff okay i'm you know five years off um mid to late 90s has not been operational for a very long time it is now a mall if uh if you're unaware so yeah let's just say that we've not been in a really long time but they always used to have the really fun halloween setup every year and i guess you know six flags the local six flags to us would be what uh kentucky kingdom in louisville kentucky no kentucky kingdom is no longer part of the six flags branding oh they're their own thing so yeah they when they reopened, they went bankrupt in 2008, and when they reopened, they were separate from the and Kentucky then that girl Kingdom. Got her legs off on that ride, and they got yeah, that was in yeah. 2007. Yeah, so it was on that uh, that sudden drop ride, right? The one where it yep. just takes you up and then drops you out of free fall. And that yeah, was a... snapped, and then goodbye. Gosh, she actually lost both feet, but one of them was able to be reattached. That is gruesome. So anyway, was... Atlanta would be the closest one to us. Okay, the, the the nearest Six Flags, but I'm sure Kentucky Kingdom still does Halloween things. And then you've got amusement park is And then we have Holiday World. Where are you at, James? Are you back in the woods, leaving your microphone on the porch? 
Flash and Safari. So, Holiday World would probably be the next closest. It is in Santa Claus, Indiana. What, James? Holiday, do I sound better now? A little better. I think you sound great. Holiday World would actually you be closer to us than Atlanta. you scratching around in the background? No, I do not. What did you say about Holiday World, Casey? It would be closer than Atlanta. Holiday World's only about three hours from here, and Atlanta's a little further because it's past Chattanooga. Yeah, so... I guess Holiday World is kind of on the thin part of uh, Kentucky, so it is about three hours, if not a little less for me being right on the top of the state uh, in Tennessee. But yeah, I've been there and I've been to Kentucky Kingdom. I've never been to Atlanta, but they always have the best uh, Halloween festivities. And this this film is just, you know, right up that alley. But, you know, this movie wastes little to no time getting down to business, okay? During the opening credits, we've got a dude stabbing gals up in the attraction. I mean, he's creepy as fuck. He's got the hoodie, some kind of devil-type mask. Um, like, on the creep meter, where do we rate this look? It's not, like, the creepiest look to me. That was my one, I've got this in my notes, that my one complaint was that I didn't think he was scary looking. Just the mask, mask was fine. Yeah, the mask was fine, but it wasn't anything crazy. He looked like a bold peanut. <laughs> you did say that, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, and you know, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense, a boiled peanut. I mean, it well, literally is just a face. Yeah, and even Gregory Plotkin, the director, um, he did film editing for... Uh, what's that movie called? Happy Death Day. And that's one of the creepiest masks I've seen in recent years. Happy Death Day. The one with the weird baby mask. It's unsettling. I don't like it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, again, the fact that it, it's just a dude in a mask, maybe the simplicity of it, I mean, that could be what the critic was talking about when they said it was overly simplistic or um, something like that, right? I, that was one of the, the Rotten yeah. Tomatoes reviews. Yep. I mean, maybe that's what they're looking at. I mean, I did feel like the movie was a straightforward slasher flick, and that's why I picked it. But maybe the killer could have used a little bit more pageantry. Yeah, I thought his mask game was pretty weak. Now, at the beginning, in the in the opening credits, we see, like, that <clears throat> devil mask, right? And then later on, we see the, the boiled peanut. Yeah. Am I mistaken? No, you're right. No. <clears throat> okay. So, I mean, he's already got his first victim. And, like, according to her reactions, um, he's... Su- like, he's supposed to be a part of the, the attraction because, like, uh, you know, she's like, ugh, another scare. Um, like, am I understanding that right? I mean, m- maybe he's not supposed to be part of the attraction, but I mean, we know this is a Halloween-type attraction. Um, now, most of these most of these amusement parks have some sort of haunted house or a maze or something like that. Where are you guys on those? So, I went to Kentucky Kingdom back when it was Six Flags during Halloween one year, and my friend and I went through a haunted house. But then I've also been to Universal when they do Halloween Horror Night. And that's where it's set up with, like, that's to me more like what this movie was. It's got, like, ten different haunted houses. And in between, there are people running around. Like, they had fake chainsaws. And they're trying to run up and scare you. And that was more of what this movie reminded me of. That there were just loose people that worked for the park trying to scare people going from ride to ride. Just out in the open. I love that, though. And and the Six Flags was kind of like that. Now, the time that I went... Okay, I guess for clarity's sake i used to work for a computer company that's based here in or was based here in middle tennessee and the company picnics would always be held at six flags kentucky kingdom well we would take that in probably july well bragging camp going 
I can't tell any kind of goddamn story without it being bragging. Continue. So I would go to the company picnic in July, and then we would get our bounce back passes, and I would wait until my older son's birthday in October, and we would go back to Six Flags and spend kind of a birthday slash Halloween type of situation. And that was always kind of our, I don't want to say it was our Christmas, but if I could do it, I would totally transform my home's Christmas into a Halloween. Like, we're doing gifts and stuff on Halloween. We're not doing it at Christmas. But I'm totally three thumbs up on amusement park haunted houses. And I really like the setup in the movie. I like the setup of the one that you were talking about, Casey, where you're just out in the open and you have your paid performers to you know, scare people randomly. I like that whole vibe. You know my stance on those type places, Bill? I don't yes. go there. <laughs> James is a large man, but uh, James is also a jumpy man. And, uh, yeah, I see James never go into those types. James gets a little wild when he gets into a tight spot. <laughs> that steel trap of a mind always trying to find an escape. Yes, I will run through anything. <laughs> so, our killers got his first victim. Uh, a somewhat tall but thin brunette lady. A goer of haunted houses. Right in the gut with a knife. And leaves her hanging from a hook in the middle of the attraction like as if she's a prop and you know likely to never be noticed until you know she starts smelling bad i like this concept because right off the bat it kind of tells you that no matter what's going on no matter how horrific it gets it's gonna look normal in this scenario and that to me kind of makes me uneasy knowing that no matter how i fight it no matter how over dramatic I, I behave nobody's gonna buy it because that is the norm for what's going on here you know what this reminds me of, Bill? Tell me. All this mask and jumpy talk. There was one time there was this little little boy, little brown head boy, <clears throat> spent the night at my house. He thought he was going to be cool. Put a gorilla mask on, hide under my bed, jump out and try to scare me. Little did he know <laughs> I was the king of the honky tonk stomp. <laughs> And that little boy grew up to be me. How's your head? Flat. <laughs> I think we've told this story before, James, but it never gets old. Not to me, anyway. We ain't never told this story before on here. You Casey, have. Rick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have. <laughs> but this opening. Not in those words, though. Her, well, Go no. ahead, Casey. It, this opening when he stabs her, the cr the opening credits are still rolling while he oh, does yeah. this. Like, there's no time wasted whatsoever. How do you feel about opening credits, like, giving all the, uh, you know, the, the cast and and crew in, in, in those first minutes? I sometimes feel like that hurts the film. It's distracting from the actual content that it's giving me. I can only yeah. pay attention to one thing at once. I I didn't really like how they did it, honestly. I wish they would have done it a little differently, but I didn't make the movie. I mean, I get wanting your credit, but I feel like the, the closing credits are really where that needs to be left. Because, again, I could have felt a, a completely different way seeing this in the opening, like a, a cold open, right? Without yeah. the credit. Rick, did you say you didn't like it? Uh, Yeah, I just didn't like how they did the opening credits. I wish they would have... Um, you know, showing the 
the credits at the end or, or you know to show them walking through the park and then start with the girl running through to the end mm, gotcha you know, okay says, so it's just the credits you don't like or not, not the entire scene Cause it, yeah because it was distracting because i was reading the names and i was like okay all this stuff's going on i, I can't really see you know what i mean yeah so, i but. did like the humming pop goes the weasel that was creepy in a way that i very much enjoyed I didn't even realize he was humming that until you said that. He does you know, it multiple times throughout the movie, and it's very fun. Mm-hmm. All through the movie. And what's crazy about that is I also, Rick, did not know, but I was watching with subtitles on in case I couldn't hear something. No, I um, knew he was humming, but I didn't know what song I didn't know what song it was. I had no clue. I didn't know. Well, my subtitles said humming Pop Goes the Weasel, and I'm listening, and I do not hear Pop Goes the Weasel. Yeah. Well, but, my you know, TV's with, cranked up to a million. Oh, of course. Of course. And if anyone you love is hard of hearing, uh, never mind, I'm not going to do that commercial yet. Well, you know, what about you, the fourth sacred by mesothelioma? <laughs> Get this free booklet. By... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he left the body, uh, you know, on that hook. And like I mentioned, you know, she wasn't going to be noticed until she started smelling bad. And, well, I mean, that kind of fits my theory about visitors, too. Like, you know, whenever I have visitors staying, I'll hide a dead body somewhere. So, you know, when it starts stinking, that means the visitor's been stinking. You know? Time for him to go. But much like in a previous film we've discussed, uh, The Descent, uh, we've got a girls' reunion here. Okay? So, uh, you know, the, the long-time no-see type stuff, right? And who, who do we have here? We've got Natalie, who is, uh, I, I guess you could say, our main protagonist. Uh, yeah, we've I'd got say Bro- that. We got we got Brooke, who's got the bangs, and we've got Taylor, who's got the short hair. Um, I am, especially when the guys come into the picture, I'm a little bit forgetful with the names this time around. Yeah, got, I, I totally we got some real bro that. names, Rick. Yeah, we do. I mean, there's no Bill, there's no James, there's no Rick. I believe we've got Asher, Quinn, and Gavin. <laughs> but apparently Natalie isn't too ecstatic about Taylor being. And, of course, to make it worse, Brooks already told Taylor about Natalie's desire to take mutual friend Gavin to downtown Poundtown. Okay, that's a friendship red flag to me, first of all. All right, th- this may be me being, like, the uber-private person that I am, but James, if you were telling rando people stuff about me and then later I'm pulled onto the carpet about it, we'd be engaging in fisticuffs, man. Well, I don't do that type of stuff, Bill. I know you don't, yeah, man. That's why this thing has lasted. Yeah, I didn't get that either, Billy. I was like, why is she telling everybody her business? Oh, yeah. I definitely that... know people like that, though. We definitely know people. Well, yeah. None of them are my best friends. No. Right. I think it's especially offensive in this case because it seems as though Natalie has made it aware, has made it known previously that she's not a big fan of Taylor. So for my best friend to go tell someone that I don't like things about me is so much Mm -hmm. worse. Yeah, James, I'll be telling somebody I don't like stuff either. But, you know, this movie or or, or this... uh, this amusement park where they're going. I guess Gavin's got the tickets, right? I mean, he's yep. uh, he, he he's the plug. Well, the this attraction is called Hellfest, just you know, like the movie, by the way. So I don't want to keep saying the attraction like I've been saying. But we've already touched on it. But God, how fun does Hellfest look? Pretty fun. Not very fun. <laughs> Not for you. <laughs> I don't enjoy that type of thing. Can't go stomping people you don't know. Don't go stop with people you do know either, James. But, but you know, I, I found myself almost 
I don't want to say fantasizing. What's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like looking forward to October for you know to to be able to do things like this. I mean, it's it's going to be difficult because of you know COVID and things like that. But Hellfest oh, looks so oh, fun. What do you got, James? Okay. Okay. I can't wait for haunted houses to open up. Well, again, well, watching this movie, I felt the same. Would be a good time for the public service announcement. Momentarily, momentarily, haunted houses, Casey. This is the thing that I've not done in like three years. It's and August. By the, by the time haunted houses roll around, I will be freed up in the night times, and that means I am making my appearance again. I am down for haunted houses in 2021. James, hit the PSA. Bill, mm. there could be a Bigfoot in the woods near you. <laughs> it could be a Bigfoot in the woods near all of y'all. It's time, y'all. I just need y'all to know that. There could be. By the way, would you go to a, a Bigfoot theme? And the millions of listeners at home. <clears throat> there could be a Bigfoot peeking in your window right now. James, James by the way, would you it is or would August. you not? Oh, go ahead, Casey. Sorry. Would you or would you not a team attend a Bigfoot themed haunted house attraction? No. Mm, no exceptions <laughs> like that's not even like this is not a this is not a fandom from james like the, the bigfoot thing is not a fandom it is very much a deep-rooted fear so putting james, him say, uh it is august but dollar general put out halloween candy today so are you serious i'm dead serious Ooh. dead serious well that's kind of strange also, I should point out it's July. I don't know what you guys are. Yeah, we still got a few days left. My vacation is not over. It's the end of July. You still yep. got some t-shirts, Bill? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you never will. My oh, birthday was June 25th. <laughs> let, let me tell you, a week before James's birthday, he's at my house watching a wrestling pay-per-view, and I surprise him with cake, food, and a cameo from Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. I knew there was going to be food there. You didn't surprise me with no food. <laughs> Just <laughs> shit on it, James. Just <laughs> shit on he it. He did say, what's your favorite cake? <laughs> <laughs> did I say it like that, James? Yep, just like that. <laughs> So this is an indoor, think, outdoor, giant costume party. Cake is, it's carrot cake. Carrot cake yeah. is good. The carrot cake is good, but who the fuck wants it for a birthday cake? That's everybody Sounds good. Carrot cake is good. Not for a birthday cake. Thank you. Man. I would eat that for well, a birthday cake. When would y'all sophisticates eat carrot cake? Uh, ne- never. I would eat carrot right. cake at any time, including my birthday. Well, at any time, yes. And if it's, you know, if it is already there on my birthday, then I will eat it. I will consume it happily. But if the carrot cake is what has the candles on it, when you fuckers are singing happy birthday. I've got another important question. Then I will show my carrot and walk out. Who likes macaroni and tomatoes? Okay, we're not getting into this, James. James and I had dinner today (laughs) at this country diner in hendersonville tennessee called rubies we love you and rubies is so good dude rubies is fantastic and james got macaroni and tomatoes and about halfway through the drive home he's talking about how good these macaroni and tomatoes are so i guess if you go to rubies get the macaroni and tomatoes if you like such a horrendous thing and the spinach what was it called Bill? spinach casserole spinach casserole it looks like somebody really chewed up spinach gypped. and spit it into a bowl i really thought okay. i got gypped on some toppings you can't say that. Popeye. 
or something on top of it. Huh? I said, okay, Popeye. <laughs> Show them the arms, James. All right, listen. This is an indoor-outdoor giant costume party with people in their most horrific costumes, giving you the scare of their life. Hellfest is amazing. There are attractions, haunted house-type situations, but like, there's an open area, like we talked about, Casey, where it's just anything goes. And I'm fucking loving it. I want this so much for, you know, nearby. I think there is something in Hendersonville coming up that's going to be something like that. Uh, the Haunted, what is it, the Haunted Woods? Is that, that that's outdoor, Death right? Death Valley? Yeah, Death Valley. Death Valley there you Haunted go. Yeah, Death that's Valley Haunted Woods, Hendersonville. Years. Yeah, and, and it's it's outdoor, right? Partially. It's closed. Yeah, they used to have Monster Mountain, but it closed a long time ago. Death Monster Valley Mountain and Monster closed, Mountain are both closed. Yeah. God. The guy from Death Valley was, like, siphoning electricity from places. He had to close everything down a few years back. So, like, what are the, the nearby ones? There have to I mean, be there's, nearby there's ones. There's Slaughterhouse in Nashville. That's all the way Nashville in Nashville. Nightmare. Nashville Nightmares in Madison. I can do that. I, I can do Madison. Let's take a group trip. And video record the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Live so, podcast. Live podcast. All right. Well, <laughs> I hope you don't, you know, didn't think that this was going to be all like pirates and kitty cat costumes. Okay. Things get a lot darker at a rapid pace. Uh, the group goes into one of the indoor attraction and it's like a, a maze type of thing with, you know, corridors where the, the workers jump out from behind doors and like Natalie's kind of being a bummer. She's calling their shots like, okay, someone's going to jump out of this door, kind of spoiling the fun for Taylor and Brooke. But, you know, they're, they're not making a big deal of it, but it's important to know because this is where we see a girl stumble through the door. She falls on the floor saying, he's coming, he's coming, which is taken more as acting. I mean, I doubt I would do any different, right? You see that in, like, this is what I was alluding to earlier. It, this is the norm. This is what it's supposed to look like. And so how, how do you differentiate? But, the, you know, the girl finds, uh, finds a hiding spot just before our killer with the boiled peanut mask from the opening credits comes. And who we saw before, uh, you know, has, has come to Hellfest. Uh, and he's donned in his hoodie and his mask. And he walks through. Like I said, this scene fucking gutted me, though. Do you remember which scene I'm talking about? This scene was hard to watch. Just watching it and, like, us as the audience being cognizant that this is an actual murder that she's witnessing and basically going along with like encouraging yeah what does she say what, what's her quote she says just do it like hurry up and get it yeah. over with yeah i'm, he, I'm wanting to move said, on with my friends he said she was like oh she went through that way she went underneath the thing and then you know yeah! oh my her. god that's even worse <clears throat> yeah it reminded me of uh i don't know if you guys or our audience is a big fan of the scream movies but in scream 2 in the opening scene uh, they go to see Stab, a film based on more or less Scream 1's happenings, and there is a murder like this. I have got that in my notes. Jada Pinkett. Nah. It is Jada Pinkett. No, yeah, I'm saying nah because oh. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So the movie theater, Jada Pinkett's getting stabbed right in the middle of everybody, and they're basically cheering that on along with the movie because they're a, a rabid crowd, right? Right. I'm so excited that we both had that thought. I mean, it was one of the first things I thought of. This was like in my very first set of notes. Um, same, same. All because, you know, I think Will deserves better. Well, irrelevant, but fair. So what's so scary about this is Ooh, the fact boy. that the kill. <sighs> <laughs> Paying attention, James. Yeah, you said Will deserves better. 
Yeah, we we were just well, talking so about has... we were just talking about Jada Pinkett getting stabbed up in in in, in Scream Two. So Will Smith. Yeah, so I brought up the fact that Will Smith deserves better than Jada Pinkett and oh. her entanglements. Why would you say stuff like that, Bill? <laughs> you clearly haven't seen her YouTube channel. I'm trying to work it out, Bill. <clears throat> You know what? That's fair, James. That's fair. I shouldn't be so judgmental. And if Will doesn't mind her... But I can tell that he does mind. He, he looks like a drained man in this interview. Okay, let's... Anyway, okay, back so... To... Yeah, back, back, back to the movie. Man, I don't know. Back to the movie. All let's right, so... The fact that the killer can walk freely among no, the actors and you. visitors, uninhibited, I mean... He can just kill someone in plain sight. You know, well, maybe he can't just kill someone in plain sight. But he can be as creepy and stalky as he wants to be. And no one's going to be any the wiser. Yes. Is this not terrifying? But the the mask is pretty lame, honestly. I gotta say, I'm sorry. It's it's like a cross between the mask from the movie Sorority Row and Valentine. It's it's not... I I was like, really? I thought of the remake of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Just like, it looks like the master in that movie Valentine to me in Sorority Row, the remake of that. But I thought of Cajun boiled peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine walking around in public with a crazed killer stalking you. Nothing you do will make any difference because you're walking around in a setting where your actions are perceived to be the norm. Oh, and, you know, that guy. I'll you know, tell you what would make the difference. I mean, putting a boot to that dude. But you're not going to do that because <laughs> he's not stalking you, James. He's stalking the uh, the, the dainty brunette, not right. the leave me alone. not the bulky bearded hillbilly. You're probably the stalker. Wants trouble. <laughs> I mind my own business. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, everything they're seeing is like, oh, that guy stabbed you in the back and you fell over dead in the middle of the floor. Well, that's happening behind every door we walk through. You know, it's like when uh, uh, Dimitri Martin said, you know, the worst time to have a heart attack during a game of charades. (laughs) This is a great place to go to commit a murder, though. I mean, seriously, everyone around is jumping out. There's fake knives, fake weapons. I do think. I guess this might be too serious a note, but someone got killed at a haunted house just like three years ago, I think. Do you guys remember this? They got stabbed. I think think someone got stabbed like waiting in line. Like, I don't even think they got inside. Hmm. Well, was anybody else rooting for Natalie and Gavin to just not work out? You are such a hater-ass bitch. I am not a hater. Listen, Natalie and Gavin were set up by fucking Brooke after Brooke tells everybody in the world her business, her business, and that alone makes me not want it to happen. Like let she Natalie, like na- let Natalie make her own moves. They seemed happy, forceful. So why did the killer take the 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 photos from the kissing booth or the <laughs> the phone booth, uh, the fucking photo booth? <laughs> I the can't. Phone booth. It's a phone booth. We're taking pictures in it. The photo <laughs> booth. <laughs> Because he's stalking her, right? He's yeah, obsessed I mean, with he her. She looks like the other two girls. Like. Yeah. yeah, well, uh, she he knows what she looks like, and he she looks the like two. the other two girls he's already killed. Oh, there were two, yeah. There yeah, there the were. Credits. Yeah, and then the one that Natalie allowed to be killed. Yeah, encouraged even. Complicit, maybe? I don't know. Well, the the scene with you know where Brooke follows the stalker, 
after he takes the photos. I mean, did that really do anything for the story? I mean, I, I guess it separates the group. Is that the only thing that we can really say for that scene? Even when they reconnect and Natalie asks Brooke what happened when she chased the guy is kind of a dead end. Like, it, I don't think it was needed. I think they could have done cooler shit than that. I mean, I guess it took it from 82 minutes to 88 minutes, right? That's the best that we yeah, can really say. Yeah, this movie's not long. It's not a long movie, but, I mean, th that's fine with me. A, a good slasher does not have to be, you know, two hours 20. No, not at all. I'm just saying it's not a long movie. I don't even think it hits 90 minutes. It it, it doesn't, but I'm I'm totally cool with it. Um, I, I, I felt like at the end it's of the 89. movie. 89. 89. Well, at the end of the movie, I felt like, it. you know, sometimes you watch something and you feel like you, you, you want more. I guess the the question is... Do you leave the audience wanting more or do you leave the audience satisfied? I was left wanting more at the end of this one. And I don't want to jump to the end of it, but I mean, how did you feel at the end of it? Did you feel like you wanted more movie or a yeah, sequel? I was not satisfied. See, that's... Yeah, I feel like I'd I wanted down. more. I'd be yeah. down with a sequel to this. I would yeah. completely be down with a sequel. It was a strange feeling of happiness and uh, wanting more. Okay, yeah, see, I mean, you you get it, this is the, the, man, I think we need to notate this, notate, I think we need to note this, this is the first time we've ever all four agreed on something. Happy it was over. I think we all like you oh, that too. James, did you really not like this one too? He did, I know he did. I watched it. Well, that's good, that's a step ahead of some weeks, but did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> It was okay, I guess. I don't know. I... Hey, that's pretty positive. Hey, yeah. That—that's Oscar winner for James. <laughs> like, he—it was got... okay, and it didn't even have a wolf. If I've got to be honest, I probably and you do. It. Yeah, there's some movies you just wouldn't watch twice. I, I, I probably would... feel, so. I huh? was like, hmm, so that's all I'm gonna say. Well, you know, when Gavin goes to look for a, a stuffed animal, you know, to get to get a gift for Natalie, this like, is how long did it take to look shit. for a stuffed animal? Seriously, like I was like, damn, bro. Well, you know, this is this is important though because. In order to get to Natalie, you have to take away her protection. And right, that shows I, I get the... that. But I'm just mm -hmm. saying, like, throughout the movie, they're like, where's Gavin? Oh, he went to go get a stuffed animal. Yeah, 40 minutes ago. Wouldn't you be looking for him by now? But nobody really has self-service, and the park seems huge. That is true. And there's a part, though, where they all separate, right? They, they all kind of go to this one area that can only be, uh, you know, arrived at by rail car. <clears throat> you know, we'll get there in a second. But, I mean, when he goes to look for this... The stuffed animal, the the stalker has, he's got him cornered. He hits him in the, does he not hit him in the throat with like the the end of a, a hammer? No, he hits him in the head. Yeah, he well, crushes his skull. Crushes his head with it. Well, no, before that though, in order, to, I think he like does a, like a spear jab at his, at his neck first. Oh, yes. Okay. I remember what you, yeah. That hurt thinking. me so much more than the hammer swing. No, oh, the, the skull crushing was, thing got me. Pretty awesome. I, I guess I just, I've got a, an Adam's apple so big that it looks like a knee in my throat. So maybe that's just me. So you don't want to be punched in the throat? Is that what you're suggesting to Never. Never. That, that's probably, that's like, if, if, if this were Mike Tyson's punch out, I would be King Hippo, and my Adam's apple would be that piece of tape over his belly button. But that's probably a dated reference. Only James is going to get it, and he probably never got that far. So, the hammer swing kill. I thought this was really creative, and I think we probably need to go back to something that Casey brought up to me earlier in the week. I think we need to go back to rating these kills. 
Ah, I do like this. Yes. I'm good with one rank. Like, Slash's screams, the differentiate confuses me. But I think we could just give this slashes out of five. Okay, I'm down with it. So, so what's the criteria? The creativity? Um, Creativity and all-around grossness, ways that made you flinch, that kind of thing. Okay. Sounds like the, it got you flinching pretty hard. Yeah, this I, I'll give this one a solid three and three quarters slashes. Because, first of all, it looked like it hurt like hell. And it, it's right on brand with, you know, the carnival slash theme park situation. And not to mention the fact that when he hits his head with a hammer, he rings the bell. Yeah. I love that. I would say probably I give it a, a probably a four out of five. I'm going to say three and a half just because there are some other murder scenes <clears throat> that got me pretty good in this movie. I'm going to give it a two, Bill, because you knew it was going to happen when he picked the hammer up. Okay, that, yeah, there, there was no element of surprise. And the gravity of it, because we know that we're taking away Natalie's protection, that really doesn't do much for you at all. The fact that now Natalie is pretty much wide open after Gavin's dead. Well, if he was going to be a protector, he would have stayed there and not went back for the stuffed animal bill. Well, there's nothing to protect from at that point, though, so you don't really know. He's trying to get oh, that. He's trying to get in that pink canoe, you know. You're in a haunted house, so you're gonna stay close to the girl that you took there, because she might get handsy when the scares start. You got a one-track mind, James, and I salute you for it. Like a steel trap, Bill. That's a fact. I set the laser beam on something. It gets got. <laughs> well, you know, with with Gavin away from it. That was my laser on my steel trap of a mind. <laughs> so, with Gavin dead in the uh, the locker room, the crew goes to, I, I keep fucking up this name, is it Deathland? Where they have to, you know, reach it by rail cart? It's the Deadlands. Sure. Deadlands, okay. Um, well, I mean, you, again, you have to ride a rail cart to get there, and they go without Gavin because he's missing, right? So, Deadlands. I've, I've never been to any park where you ha it's, it's only accessible by a specific transportation. I guess back in the day, there was a place up in Kentucky called Guntown Mountain where you could only get to one side by a, a chairlift. Anybody ever been on a chairlift? Yeah, I have. Terrifying. James, where are you at on chairlifts? I've been on a chairlift before, Bill, and it stopped in the middle of the thing. Nightmare. i tell you where else I've been, Bill. <clears throat> on this damn trolley car and it it takes you up there where was i at chattanooga chattanooga choo choo it oh, takes yeah. you up to the top of the mountain but it's like facing like straight up you gotta ride that thing up there been on that been on chairlift i've been on this one thing in gatlinburg it's like a car but it's over like the mountains and that thing stopped in the middle and there's like nothing up there what is it there's like 10 or 12 of us in this little car. I didn't know all them people either. Oh, he probably means like a like a funicular or like a... Uh, um, uh, a funicular? Yeah. Testicular. <laughs> no, I swear that's what it's called. I'm about to look it up. I would fucking die if I was in something high up and it stopped out of nowhere. I went on a chairlift last fall for the first time in my life. What? And horrified. I would rather go through one trillion haunted houses than go more than 10 feet in the air. 
You must have never been skiing, Casey, or snowboarding. Well, I are... can tell you more about my background later, but it doesn't involve the money to go skiing or snowboarding. No, I don't want to go any faster than I can run, and right now that's not very fast anyway. Same. So tell me. I mean, I, in a car, I'm good. We're not very fast. No, that's and that's the worst that's part. Crazy. It takes forever. You're up there so long. Yeah, it's a slow. It's day. called an incline railway. My bad. And what did you call it before? Vernicular. Well, you just made that word up. No, it's vernicular. F-U-N-I-C-U-L-A-R. I'm going to have to look that up and find out just what in the hell you're mispronouncing. I got hung at the top of a Ferris wheel one time, too. James, they were just letting people on it. (laughs) I was still hung up there, Bill. (laughs) So tell me this. Why do we have so many lookalikes at this park? I did this thing one time. (sighs) They uh, put you in this, like, harness and then pull you up in the air and then let you go. And it swings you back down and across like a swing. I would That's throw up. Slingshot. I've done that one time. Yeah, fuck all that. That's a hell no. Because uh, I, I'm basically trusting, like, $8 an hour people with my life. Would you do a zip line? Have y'all done a zip line? Please fuck tell me yet. no. I, the only zip line I'm ever doing is in the military, and it's, that's already done. Because those are the professionals. Not letting any of these commercial people, these civilians, put me on a zip line. I guess I'm the only one on the podcast that isn't scared of heights then. Because I love heights stuff. I set up a zip line one time in my backyard. And put my cousin Kyle, this when he was a little bitty. And put my cousin Kyle on it and put a bunch of boxes where he could land in the boxes. He was probably four or five. I was, he was four or five. I was like 10. And today is the 29th anniversary of Kyle's passing. I would like to say. <laughs> I was going to say, but did he die? <laughs> no, he didn't die. He landed in the boxes safe and sound. He is a little crazy now. He's CTE. But listen, guys, tell me, why do we have so many lookalikes at this park? The, the killer came into this park with a mask, with a specific mask. And he has not been a regular at this park. He's killed people at other parks. Why does he have a mask that is just How like you people? Know he's not a regular. Because he's from there. Because okay, but how is he getting these masks? Around, Bill, so he's got to know where all this stuff's at. Then he's I pose you the question. I pose the question. Then why is he so confused right? later on about things that he discovers about some of the uh, the doorways? I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't want to get there yet because that's kind of giving away the you ending. You don't get to wander around by yourself in a place like it unless you're employed. That's my point. He's not employed there, and uh, yeah. because he walked in the 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 entrance from you know the 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 civilian entrance, not the fucking civilian entrance, the the customer entrance. Uh, I don't know about that. I will say the part where they're on this uh, little rail car, whatever, moving them out to, I think it is the Deadlands. I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. Um, This scene where we see her and she's facing directly square on with the camera Mm -hmm. and the ride is stopped is my favorite shot of the whole movie. The coloring is really cool. The composition is really cool. I really liked how that scene looked. This movie is visually very nice. Agreed. It's dark, but it's not so dark. It's not Alien versus Predator 2 dark. Yeah, it's not so dark that you can't see what's going on. Right. Yep. I like the, the lighting where, yeah, there's plenty of darkness. You can watch it in your living room with the lights out, but everything you see is very visible. But, you know, the the, the guys and girls split up at, uh, at Deathville, and, you know, they've got their own, you know, separate mazes, right? And... 
you know, there's the, the hallway with the, the arms for the girls and there's like that simulated train for the guys separating these guys. And again, you know, Asher and Quinn are the, uh, are the guys left separating the two of them has got to be a stroke of luck for the, the stalker because he's got the guys off on their own. And of course, Natalie's in the, uh, the no bone unturned room where she's got her little close encounter with, with the killer. Creepy. Oh, oh gosh. Very creepy. Is she under, under like some kind of like hair dryer or something? Or is she just looking in a mirror? I can't tell what she's doing. I I think it's a, I think it's a, I want to say it's like a two way mirror. I would think maybe. I don't think it was a mirror. It, I had to watch this scene a couple of times. It looked like he was on the other side of a two-way mirror, but he's actually just behind um, the wall where like, if what? I thought that was a two-way mirror. I did too. Until I watched again, he actually reaches up and like, he can touch, he can touch her because she's just around the corner and she's facing that way, but her head is down. Her eyes are closed and he's right there, but he doesn't make the move for some reason. I mean, why would a restroom have a two way mirror? Unless it was some kind of creep situation. Definitely a creep situation. Um, but yeah, no, that part where he reaches out for her, I was tense. Most certainly, most certainly. And you know, you know, we were really far into this flick at this point, and that's when I realized that the guys that we had were Gavin, Quinn, and Asher, the three most major bro names in the history of the world. But I think it's Asher who gets off next. And for me, I guess we have to get the ratings for this kill. The needle through the eyeball. Blech. Man, that was uh, that was that was brutal. A lot of gore doesn't bother me, but if it involves like sticking things in your eye, yeah, I, I can't. I can't. A lot of stuff does I'm not bother me. With that, with you. it was oh, it was brutal. It's, I'm right yeah. there with you, Rick. I hate eyeball shit. This is so yeah, nasty yeah. to me. Yeah, I, I don't like uh, the, the the scene in, uh, in in was there a scene in one of the Saw movies where the guy had a key behind his eye? I was just about to talk about that. It's the opening to Saw 2, and it is disgusting. <sighs> I don't like eyeball stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the the needle in the eye. Solid four slashes from me, and it's not because of... Creativity didn't do it, okay? This is not a creative kill. This is a straight-up cringe kill because nobody likes for this to even... Like, fingernails and eyeballs, man just don't fuck with them four slashes i'll say four and a half because it really got me yeah i'll say four and a half for sure i'm gonna give it a two well james why don't you lay there and let me pick at your eyeball for a little bit and see how you feel about a two i ain't gonna lay there and let nobody do nothing he's gonna stop you <laughs> fucking hold you down ain't nobody hold me down bill i'm like puff daddy God. you do this to yourself billy <laughs> Oh no, got to keep on moving. <laughs> Bill, I'd have run through that place like a wild animal, been out to the other side. And that guy, Peanut, Peanut Man, been like, what was that? <laughs> okay, but Billy, back to your earlier comment. I don't know why there were so many masks of the same type that the killer was wearing. I thought that was a little odd. Yeah, now th there could be some situation where he's gotten a hold of this mask prior to. I mean, he may have scouted the place out. He could have killed one of the people wearing that mask. You know, he this guy's got to do some homework. Yeah, I could see him doing homework and saying, okay, there's plenty of people using this type of mask. I'm going to get one easily procurable, throw it on when I get here, pull the hoodie up, get to work. But, you know, 
We uh I don't know if somebody better check that creaky door so I can <laughs> snuck up on. So Natalie is uh peeing oh. in the stall and guys rarely seen in movies we get the wipe also. This is a little too personal of a scene for me. <clears throat> she didn't even go, dude. There was no sound. <laughs> you know, it's Were funny you to say that. <laughs> I have here in my notes, Rick, <laughs> that when she stands up, the water is crystal clear. So, <laughs> like, we were just duped, man. Yeah. Foul on the play. To that at all. Missed that it didn't make a sound. Missed the color <laughs> of Y'all are uh, gross. <laughs> I totally spaced on the sound as well, but I didn't space in looking when she stood up and saw that, like, the water was really clear and... She was, like, either really hydrated or she didn't go. But we didn't tell the part where the killer took Gavin's phone. Oh, we did forget table. to touch on that. I didn't know she used the bathroom. She did. Well, she didn't, apparently. Well, James, she... you might have blacked out at that point. Oh, she was <laughs> her hair. You thought, what now? What? Well, there was a part where she was, you know, messing with her hair, and that's the scene I we were talking she about. She the stall to get away from that guy. <laughs> no, she didn't know about the guy being there. Is this something all manifested? No, James, I think you were just distraught with fear that you just said, get in the bathroom, hide in the (laughs) stall. Run to the bathroom. But, you know, she recognized him when she was in that stall by looking at his boots, okay? And this is a a thing to me because she recognized his shoes later at an upcoming scene that we're going to talk about. And to me, those boots that he's wearing are not recognizable there there's well, nothing special about these boots to me but and, and two when she was in the stall not no. pee and the, her phone went or his gavin's phone went off when she texted him remember and it would sound closer and closer and she was like what she was like what the heck so gavin's phone kept on going off but he was the one that had the phone and those weren't his shoes yeah what the hell are you mad about james the shoes were the only thing recognizable because he had a Hole on one side with steel toes showing. They were recognizable to us, but I don't know if anyone was stalking me if I would have noticed the shoes. Yeah. I think the shoes are probably one of the last things I would notice about somebody. She looked at it. She looked at his shoes. Yeah. I just don't know that I would have the wherewithal to remember what they look like, I guess. And how many people could be wearing shoes like that or boots like that? Because there's nothing special about them. That, that's well, my not point. Like, a peanut mask. But there are other peanut masks. Right, you know, and same boot with the same tear with the steel <laughs> toes. See, I didn't recognize a tear. It's all the details, Leo. Steel trap. Right. <laughs> well, you know, the security guard's not doing his job because, you know, he says it's Gavin, you know, because, you know, uh, the photos on the floor, you know, they, they, they picked up the, uh, the photos and said, hey, he's been stalking us. He took these photos. Oh, it's got to be Gavin. Well, but the girls aren't really doing their job because they can easily tell the guard that Gavin never had those pictures. Right? Oh, yeah, Gavin, that's true. Yeah, he he never once had them. So I never thought that they could say that. That's right, though. Yeah, that that part was a little... I don't know if it was... I wouldn't call it a continuity thing. It's a little it's bit a, of a plot hole. It's a little bit of a plot hole. Thank you. Because... It's a plot plot hole. Thank you. If, if somebody says, hey, it's Gavin because he's got the pictures, yeah, Gavin never had them. They were taken away right. while Gavin was in the photo booth, in the phone booth, taking pictures. over going to your house today. There were there were quite a few James. So let's get to the voluntary virgin sacrifice, and this is where I've got to make an announcement. What did you say your name was, Rick Taylor? 
Who? Uh, she has a really weird name. Uh, Bex. Which, I think uh, they go by they. Purple Force. For their Wikipedia, but their name is Bex Taylor Klaus. Yeah. Hammer. Hammer of this movie. I agree. Oh. The, the one with the, the short the, hair. The one with the short hair that goes on the uh the the guillotine. <laughs> Listen, all about the horror. Okay. First of all, Brooke and Natalie are not really with the horror scene. Taylor is eating it up. Taylor's about it, about it. She and Rowdy Rowdy. And She's having uh, a blast, and I would love to go anywhere with Taylor. She can have a ball, and if she gets me alone, she can have them both. And <laughs> <laughs> Taylor is, first and foremost, the hammer of this week. So we do congratulate you, Taylor, Bex, Santa, Klaus. We do. Let's get a quick vote from the other two, Rick. James, Rick James. Uh, yeah, I would super definitely agree freak. for sure. She's probably a super freak. Y'all give it a <laughs> two out of nine. <laughs> but it's like a golf score, so it's really good. So, who do we have kind of emceeing this virgin sacrifice? Tony fucking Todd. Is the Todd. Levin, the, the living legend. Never trust a man with two first names. That's a cold hard fact. I also don't trust anybody who has a city as their first name. I will never, I will never again play cards with Mississippi Bill, Panama Jack, or Panama Jack, or Indiana Jones. But the beheading scene, another. I, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to call it a, a plot hole, or I don't want to call it a, I guess any kind of, I don't know. It's a very big co- coincidence. Why the actual fuck does this park have a mannequin head with the exact same hairstyle as Taylor? Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, "What the hell?" Down to the collar. They had a wig on set, ready to go. <laughs> she was ready to go. That what? means was she pre-selected then? She you know? was VIP. <clears throat> well, she That's volunteered. True. There was a VIP ticket, and she did volunteer. Is she so much of a horror fan that she had the wherewithal and the forethought to offer herself up as the virgin sacrifice? Wouldn't Maybe you? so. That further establishes her as the hammer of this film. Um, I will say Tony Todd also did the voiceover at a theme park for Final Destination 3. Well, his voice is so recognizable. It's a good one. It's a very good one. He's actually a really nice guy. I met him at a horror con before. He's actually a nice dude. That fucking rules. Yeah. That makes me so mad, though. Rick, you've met some pretty cool people. Uh, yeah, I met uh, Doug Bradley, Hellraiser, uh, Pinhead, uh, Gary motherfucking Busey, who was in Silver Bullet. Um, probably the weirdest person I've ever met. Gary Busey was weird as weird as hell. Uh, I've met uh, D D Wallace, who was an E.T. Cujo. Uh, so that yeah, was the lead a singer, of Twisted Sister. <laughs> a couple people, yeah. But by far, dude, Gary Busey is the weirdest, the weirdest horror icon I've ever met. He's he was weird as hell. But tell me this: this was post. Uh, Vehicle accident, right? Accident, yeah. Yeah, this was 2008. Yeah, so definitely post. Yeah, most yeah. certainly. He's a huge oh. germaphobe, and he won't shake your hand. He only fist bumps you. I wouldn't want to shake your hand either. Yeah, not you, Rick. Not anyone. I don't know if I've met anybody famous. James, we not literally us. went, like, a, a couple of Januaries ago to see Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. <laughs> You send me a picture of Jim Ross making that face every time you want to complain about something. 
Good old JR. Oh, man. Yeah, I forgot those two guys. Those guys were the voices of our childhoods, and we got to see them. VIP tickets. Casey, what Who else have I seen, Bill? That's all. Casey, what? Who have you met that's famous? Fucking probably no one. Trying to think. <laughs> um, I've met a few bands and stuff, but nothing like a bunch of pop punk shit from when I was like 16. Um, probably nothing else, though. So this beheading scene. <laughs> that was quite spectacular. <laughs> it was spectacular. Were you stressed out? I was very stressed out. And I, what I liked about this scene was the fact that the guillotine didn't work. I don't think I've ever seen a guillotine not work. There's always somebody that saves the day before the lever's pulled or the head comes off. But never to the point where it drops and just cuts barely enough into somebody's neck to leave a cut. So, fun fact, I decided to do some guillotine research. Guillotine? Guillotine? Uh, research. And apparently a lot of times when they used to behead people, and I think France is usually where they were doing it, but a lot of times they had to behead people. They had to do it multiple times because... It didn't cut all the way through. And fun fact, France didn't stop using the guillotine until 1976. I don't know why. 1976? Yep. That's heavy. That is so heavy. That was not long ago. You were there. You would know. Oh, 1977. <laughs> Sorry, I was a year, year off. Oh, you lying bastard. Yeah, but that's crazy, dude. I mean, what do we yeah, know? So they set her up to go again. They, he's starting to set up the... And then she's gone. Yeah, she gets she's got her hands her. on the back of her neck. And you think... You think to try and, like, I don't know, get the <clears throat> blade to go through her hands or whatever. And then you look and she's fucking gone because she undid the restraints. Well, but didn't something get jammed in it? Like, something was jammed. He was trying to make it work or something? Yeah. I think he was just trying to get it, like, set up again. And he was having a hard time raising the blade, it looked like, getting the blade set up. That may also be it. I, I knew he was having some issues over there. And he looks away and she's gone the next moment. I mean, of course, I mean, he catches up to her, though. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I, we should go back and say that, like, during this virgin sacrifice, they cut off the mannequin head and the curtains yes. close. And the executioner takes off his mask and we see old peanut head. He's there. And then he attempts to actually behead Taylor. And Natalie's flipping her shit the entire time they're doing, like, the show head chopping. Yeah, she to runs up and security's got to stop her. The and, on her. Yeah, security holds her back and yeah. Well, oh, yeah, and I think she recognizes the, guy, the shoes. The security guy from earlier says something around along the lines of, "Do you know how many complaints I get like this a night?" And when you think about it, like earlier when she flipped out about you know the guy being in the ride and crawling on her car and all that stuff, her friends are kind of like, "Dude, what the fuck is wrong with you?" But. If I were at a haunted house with a bunch of my friends and one of them was being super annoying, I would probably be like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right. So I can't get that mad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Fair point. Well, you know, you you said it. Taylor gets away. She does. For for a minute. For a minute. But, of course, the mass killer catches Taylor. Knife to the gut. Also gets Quinn. I think that's Quinn. It's either Quinn or Asher. Okay, well, I mean, now all the guys are dead. Asher got got in the eyeball. Asher got got in the eyeball, and now Taylor's dead as well, leaving only Brooke and Natalie. Now, this is a part that is really an insult to women across the world. They can't drive. Oh, sorry, no. This is the actual insult to women across the world. The chase scene 
through the entrance to hell. The first thing that Natalie says before she goes into the entrance to the oh my god entrance so to hell. I think this is an exit. <laughs> I was so fucking pissed. Yeah, because they clearly say earlier before they go to the Deadlands, they're like, yeah. You have to go to the Deadlands to get to hell, and that's the scariest part. So, obviously, <laughs> hell is not an exit. No. These girls it... don't seem stupid. No. We don't seem to be dealing with unintelligent women, but in this moment, good God. I think this is an exit as she runs towards an entrance that has like a devil face on it that does not resemble an exit at all. And of course, old Peanut Head follows him in. He breaks the handle to the entrance. They can't come back that way. Now, one of the very coolest things about the logic of this ending scene here, and it's not really ending scene, I guess it's an ending sequence, is the logic of the door sensors to activate each room because that adds an extra wrinkle to the, uh, the, the escape for Brooke and Natalie. You step across the little sensor and all the uh, animatronics and not the animatronics, what am I trying to say? All the, the scene. Um, yeah, the, the scene within the, the, the room uh, it all activates with that laser. Natalie notices that. I think smart. I think, yeah, very smart to to notice that. But of course, <clears throat> I think this is an exit. Maybe that wasn't Not the best smart. moment. Yeah, but I think this changes. I guess the suspense to everything. Having those sensors makes this, or having the you know the logic of those sensors makes this scene probably twice as good as it could have been. I agree. It was fun because, like, I don't think any of the haunted houses I've ever been to have been like that, but now I want to look. Well, good point. I mean, I I don't, the only thing that I can remember is there would be things that would, like, kind of knock you in the shin, and they're on, like, some springs or, like, giant door stoppers. Like, you, yeah. Yeah, basically, you walk past one and you, like, pull it back as you walk, and as you get past it, it lets go and it slaps the next person in the shin, which is kind of a fucking. I mean, that's brutal to me. Makes but the only thing I remember is this: like a motion sensor is like a strobe light. You know, I've never been. I mean, I've not paid attention, but like you said, Billy, maybe they do have those laser things. I don't know. They could be I mean, in. You know, they could be mixed in there. There, there could be some strobe yeah. lights mixed in with some laser. Uh, you know, um, what am I trying to say? You know, the, the lasers that activate. You know, the, the things inside the room. Right. Oh yeah. <clears throat> But, you know, they make it all the way through here, and I want to say that, uh, I mean, the the killer knew they hadn't exited because of the audible cue when he opened the door at the end. And that's what makes me think that he's not familiar with everything in this park. And that raised the question of, like, where did he find the masks? Or, you know, how did he get the mask? If, If this is not a place that he works or frequents, because you would think he would be familiar with, you know, the 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 entrance to hell well at the end you know he he opens that door and he hears uh what is it uh clever clever you found the hidden exit or something like that mm-hmm. or clever clever you found the hidden path to hell that's that's the line so he knows they haven't left because he hasn't heard that audible cue and he knows they're hiding amongst all those mannequins which Did anybody is else... creepy enough oh yeah the, the mannequins were, were nuts all white faces black uh cloaks yeah, I'm not with it. <laughs> not with it at all. Anybody else notice that like all the weapons are fake except the one the killer pulls from the mannequin? Yeah, that that fire axe. Yep. Can you imagine the liability of having a real fire axe in a haunted house? Yeah. There's no fucking way. None. None. It's a fun twist for this. 
Like, it's a fun thing here. But if you went to R.I.P. Monster <laughs> Mountain and someone yanked out of a mannequin a fire axe, there's no fucking way. Yeah. Well, he used that fire axe, though, to slash Brooke in the leg. That slows her down. Got her pretty good. Got her pretty good. And Natalie gets a shot, you know, uh, at the killer with, you know, the the stick she was carrying. And they run to the, you know, the room with all the white-faced mannequins, which is, you know, the exit that I alluded to before. And again, clever, clever. You found the hidden path to hell. But... It's it's still bothering me why, you know, he has the same mask as all the people there. He doesn't know about the floor sensor, so he's clearly not somebody who's who's been there often, or else he'd know about that ending message. But he corners Brooke on the floor. He's got her dead to rights, but Natalie uses the floor sensors to her advantage, catches the killer off guard. As he goes across, you know, one of the sensors... Uh, the curtains open up where there's usually going to be some kind of figure to scare the, you know, the visitor. It opens up and there's Natalie. She catches him, stabs him, stabs him in the gut, leaves him on the floor, seemingly dead or at least immobile. And we think that, you know, the girls have won. They think. They think. But. Nope. He's gone. They thought wrong, Bill. The police enter and search and they say we couldn't find him. Which okay. isn't was that gone. the twist to every like horrifying? We made it. Everything's yeah. safe. We can finally breathe again. <gasps> yeah, I know. And like, I love when, it. When she's sitting out there and on the in front, and the cop says, "Oh, well, we couldn't find him," and I'm like, "No shit, really." Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, like Casey said, that's the that that's the uh, the constant. But we always love it because that means there is no closure. We want closure at the end of romantic comedies, dramas dramas we don't want closure at the end of a horror closures for pussy well then this makes me think is there going to be a second one ever it doesn't say anything about it on wikipedia but i really would like there to be because he got away obviously so the door is wide open for it though because what happens to the killer he goes home he goes home well first (laughs) we see him go into a door into a home and he's humming pop goes the weasel as he is wont to do he's got his hoodie he puts the mask uh in in a cabinet with the the photos with with other masks and then he goes into the living room of this home where there is a little girl lying on the couch watching tv and we just know she's done he's about to kill this little girl she wakes up looks at him and what does she say daddy you're home daddy you're home okay question about that real quick was that just supposed to show that he's a normal person just a regular dude like is that was that the whole premise of that i mean just just a regular dude moonlighting as a stabber okay well he's moonlighting his ass off because he's got a whole cabinet full of masks and some other pictures too not just the ones of her and gavin correct (laughs) correct um but you know this is it kind of goes back to the same you know the, the same thought process as movies like funny games it's it's never the, the, the or i shouldn't say it's never but sometimes it's not the big ugly person with the the scarred past sometimes it's regular joe who has the nine to five in the family and that's and the scariest part killers are among us all the time they walk among us conceptually thank you but gosh what an ending i thought this was uh, nearly a perfect ending because yeah we had the common ending with oh we couldn't find the killer but we we added a little cherry on top with the killer coming home and it's again looking like we're about to have some more 
you know, uh, another killing spree starting, but the twist, boom, daddy, you're home. Yeah, because they could have cut it at the cabinet. They could have cut it with him putting the mask away, putting the picture strip from the photo booth in there. And they could have just ended it like that to give us the suggestion that he's been doing this a while, plans to keep going, you know, that this is an ongoing process for him. But then when they show the little girl and it's his daughter. The sweetest little girl. That really puts a spin on it. That makes it creepier. A little girl who loves him so much. Yeah, excited to see him when he got home. (sighs) Suggesting he is a good dad. It does suggest that. And that even further makes it crazy. A really good father who's hmm. out here just murdering people just murdering people and i don't know if it means anything but the the victim at the beginning of the movie in the credits somewhat tall maybe height isn't important thin brunette white girl oh, they all look the same and yet the daughter blonde as can be don't know if it means anything but they are completely opposite of his daughter i would have wondered if there would be some kind of underlying me underlying meaning had his daughter been you know a brunette like, what's he seeing in these women in, in the same type of woman that he has a type that he that he stalks and murders? I don't know. It's, it's not something I'm looking for an answer on, but it is a pretty interesting thought in my mind. James, give me your uh, final thoughts on Hellfest. You just blowed my mind, Bill. Oh, son. I give it a three. Three out of three. That's good. Because it was okay. Three out of five or three out of ten? Three out of ten. What? James, you are a bold-faced liar. Something giddy to Dan Dan. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Rick, final thoughts on Hellfest? Uh, Oh, my God. Sasquatch is taking over. Watching this movie. Uh, It was okay. You just have to watch something. (laughs) Would you watch a part two? Well, yeah, God, yeah. Thank you, Casey. God forbid you watch a, a a horror movie for a horror movie podcast that you are a regular creator for. <laughs> Hate to inconvenience you in the He Man specials. Not to mention He Man. <laughs> Terry Todd. Terry Todd's in He Man. Terry. Todd. <laughs> Timmy Todd, whatever his name is. Yeah, Tony Todd's in He Man too. He is. Are you are you shitting me right now? No. Who's he? Pl- damn true. Who who's who does he voice on He Man? The guy in the underworld, the the skeleton guy in the underworld. Skeletor? No, hell no. Skeletor's Mark Hamill. Fine. Uh, there's another guy. He's the the other leader guy. Scareglow. He's in the underworld. Don't okay. make me Google it, Bill. Scareglow is Scareglow. his name. It would appear. Scareglow. That's it. And that's Tony Todd. Yes. God damn. Rick, give me your oh, final thoughts on. Me, man. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Hush up, James. Uh, Hush up, James. Rick, give me your final thoughts on Hellfest. Almost said He Man. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Call me He Man. Um, I didn't think anything of it. I like I told you, I literally thought it was a Netflix movie that Netflix made. I had no clue, and I was really pleasantly surprised. I would probably say, honestly, man, an eight out of ten. I thought it was pretty good. So you'd see a part two. Yeah, I wish there was a part two because they left it wide open. <clears throat> Goddamn Rika. A man <laughs> after my own heart. Casey, final girl Casey. Give me those final thoughts on Hellfest. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like I said earlier, I love any form of theme park situation. Um, 
I, you know, we had our criticisms of this movie. There are a couple points that are a little bit boring, a little bit overdone. But I thought it was super fun. It gave me Scream vibes, and Scream is one of my favorites. I had a blast watching this movie. I'll reiterate that I had a blast watching this movie. (laughs) And the simplicity of it is probably what I'm drawn to the most. It's not overthought. It's a very straightforward slasher film set in a perfect place. So, yeah. Solid seven and a half out of ten. Rick, I'm I'm floating there with you, man. I love it. Loved Hellfest, and I was pleasantly surprised. None of us had ever seen this movie before this week. So we all got to see it together, and I'm glad we can all pretty pretty much agree that this is a solid film. Casey, sign us off and tell us again what we're watching this week. Amen. We are tragically, I apologize to all our listeners, but mostly James, not watching He-Man next week. (laughs) We're watching Carrie, and I'm so fucking excited, y'all. This is one of my absolute favorites, and I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. By the power of Grayskull, (laughs) I have the power. Have y'all seen that He-Man meme where he's like, oh, You say meme? Did you say meme? Yeah, Yeah, he did. Meme. That's not what you said, though. What did I say? Man. Mim. <laughs> anyway, anyway, ma'am. Next week we should be back to Monday next week, right, Rick? Uh, I would think so. Yeah, let me check okay. the power. So, so as of right now, we're on for a Tuesday release, and we will be talking about one of my all-time favorite movies, Carrie. And I hope you guys join us because it's going to be good. Did you tell them? Did I tell them what? <laughs> what is going? Tell on? Tell them what, James. Uh, officially off the podcast. <laughs> you're not a. You're not off the podcast. Well, you said I told you that I couldn't do it Monday. Oh well, we could do Tuesday. And That's fine. Like, Earth, tune in Monday for another <laughs> side adventure of the Slashers and Screamer Power well, Hour. Well, you see, that's where you get to chime in. Use your words, James. That's what I used yeah. to tell my son. Use your words instead of, well, I guess I'm off the podcast now. <laughs> we were doing Monday for weeks, so I assumed we were going back. But if it's Tuesday, it's Tuesday, and that's fine. Tell everybody what you got going on, James. Uh, we start... Pee-wee football practice Monday. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. James is ball deep in, in football with the little boys. Out there being uh, Marty Schottenheimer. Bill. What? Don't let me remind everybody how you told me to check their temperatures in case they have a heat <laughs> illness. <laughs> I hate y'all. And no, that is going to do it for this week on Slashers and Screamers. I am Billy Graves. So, for the Godfather of Droll James, for the Memphis Menace Rick, and for Final Girl Casey, this was the Slashers and Screamers podcast. We 